Tia right now is on a level that no one in the sport has ever reached before. Um, you would, know, you I, argue, I, would, would you say she's at a level higher than Matt was? I was just about to say that. Yes, I do. I, I think that she's even, I think she's even better. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Justin Kotler, a longtime CrossFit coach and affiliate owner who works with top athletes like Fittest American Woman and CrossFit Games podium finisher, Carrie Pierce. Justin joins me to talk about building a new destination for functional fitness athletes in Las Vegas, the ins and outs of coaching CrossFit Games athletes, how COVID impacted gym ownership in America, and much more. Even if you don't follow competitive CrossFit very closely, Justin gives some great insight to the coach's mindset and how to get the most out of your training. So stick around. But before we get to that, I want to give a quick shout out to today's episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. I first tried Athletic Greens way back in 2012. It was already a massively popular daily supplement, and since then, they've undergone dozens of formulation tweaks, each an improvement on the last. It's the rare all-in-one green supplement that's NSF certified, a must for competitive athletes, and also tastes delicious. Interested in trying it? Visit athleticgreens.com barbend to get a free gift with your purchase. Now on to the show. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. It's it's funny. I felt bad I, that we haven't had you on the podcast before because we go way back. You've written for Barbend, and now now everyone has to hear us just talk for a half hour. So sorry to in advance to the listeners. Now I'm absolutely kidding. Thanks for joining, man. How you feeling? Oh, it's my pleasure. Good, man. Doing well. It's a, it's it's an honor to be on. And uh, you know, I was it was funny, man. I was looking back um, last night. I I looked online and I saw one of the old articles that. Uh, you know, we, one of the old interviews that we did together back in 2016 with me, you, and Ian talking about super team dynamics and grid and all that stuff. So yeah, it is. It's it's we we've, we've been hanging for a while and we've been talking for a while. So for sure. Yeah, well, you've you've been be back on. You've been in the space for a while. I mean, for a while you were kind of synonymous with the CrossFit community in in New York City. Now you're out in in Las Vegas. Uh, you've taken your talents elsewhere, as they <laughs> as they say, right? <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a crazy year, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It really wasn't a planned change prior to COVID. Um, you know, obviously been at Dynamics a long time. We still own Dynamics, but, you know, with everything that happened in New York and the shutdown and uh, with now our two kids and stuff, it just, uh, you know, one thing led to another and we just ended up, you know, looking at each other and saying, okay, you know, what, what's, what's going to be best for our family? And ultimately we had some connections here in Vegas and I came out here and looked at some places and it worked out. And, and now it's crazy because it's like the snowball started down the mountain and now it's, it's just been wild. Everything that's happened with, you know, all the athletes coming here and, and underdogs athletics getting, you know, getting going. And um, so it's, it's been, uh, it's been pretty amazing. And, and I just kind of feel like it's happened pretty organically and I, and I love it. You know um, I'm just kind of, along for the ride. So it's well, been pretty cool. 
I want to talk about what you're building in Vegas in a second, but first, you know, a lot of folks know you as a coach of elite athletes, but you're also a gym owner, right? You're not, this is not a new ball game for you. You've been in that, in that space for a long time. So you still own CrossFit Dynamics, which is in Queens, New York, but you're, you're owning it uh, from a distance. So that's not something you hear about. You know, you oftentimes hear about gym owners that either live right above their facilities, right next to their facilities. Heck, sometimes in their facilities. Right. We've all heard of those before. <laughs> yeah. What is it like owning and, and running that business re- remotely? I mean, it's got to be tough enough normally in the, in the time of COVID. I'm sure there are additional complications. So how have you kind of set that up? Sure. You know, I will say this. We have an amazing team. It, it would not be possible without, uh, without our team there. And, and we're, we're a bit lucky in the sense that obviously we've been around for a while. Um, you know, it's a, it's a 10 year old affiliate. Um, the community is pretty entrenched. Um, but you know, listen, I mean, COVID has, I mean, it's been brutal on all of us. Right. I mean, and for gym owners, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you know, we were able to figure out, uh, a business model that, um, that is working or I, I should say surviving, right? Like that's really what gym owners are doing right now is surviving. Um, you know, New York is obviously it's getting better like other places in the United States, but it's not, you know, we're still, we're still at what 33% or 50%. But the issue with dynamics is just square footage. You know, we, we've got the six foot di- rule. And if, as long as we have the six foot rule, it's just hard for us to get people in. Um, but as far as, as you know, being here and, and, and owning remotely, like I said, I wouldn't be able to do it without uh, my GM, my head coach, who have been with me for years and years and are really my eyes and ears there. Um, and, you know, we talk all the time and, and just kind of get a beat on what's going on there. And we do uh, community town halls with, uh, with the members, you know, just to make sure we're kind of uh, staying on track as far as what they're looking for. And, and then really and truly... Um, now that things are getting better and, and there's no longer like the travel restrictions, I'll be able to go back and forth a little bit more. Um, so it's not ideal, but but obviously it's it's doable and it, and it wouldn't be doable without just the amazing people I have there and the and the amazing community. Let's talk about the the Las Vegas move here because it's more than just. I promise the listeners this isn't just me talking to an old friend about like why he moved across the country. There's a a fitness component there. Um, you initially moved to Las Vegas. I know Carrie Pierce, one of your athletes, third fittest woman on earth, made the trip out there, and that was I think like late 2020. Was that was that correct? July. 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 Okay, so mid 2020, kind of middle of the pandemic, kind of pre CrossFit Games last year. And now it seems like you're building a new, I mean, you said it happened organically, but it's a new center for elite athletes out there. Tell us about how it went from like you and your family and obviously Carrie relocating out there to suddenly we're seeing Las Vegas as this destination for elite CrossFit Games athletes in less than a year. Walk us through that. It's wild. Uh, When we made the decision to come out here, um, we sat down with Carrie, my wife and I sat down with Carrie and we said, hey, listen, this is what we're planning on doing, and, and we'd love for you to come with us. Uh, I know that's a big ask, obviously. Um, and literally within 24 hours, Carrie was like, okay, I'm good. Let's go. Yeah. So so Carrie came out with us, and um, you know, when we got here, it was it was just obviously established, you know, we're living in a new house. We're trying to figure out where we're gonna train because we don't have a facility out here. And I was able to speak with the owner of CrossFit Culmination. Um, and at and they've you know they've been unbelievable. Uh 
So really it was about getting Carrie prepared for the games when we first got out here. And her training partner at the time is another one of my athletes. He won the master's qualifier 35 to 39, Ryan Elrod last year. Um, you know, and, and Ryan helped us immensely getting, cause he's been in Vegas for a little while. He and his wife are Cirque du Soleil performers. Uh, so we had some connections and, and, you know, but what, when it kind of all started to snowball was when we decided um, to go to Sacramento for the first stage of the CrossFit Games, stage one. Uh, Carrie's manager, Cooper Marsh from Lab Management, he uh, had an idea, okay, let's do, the, let's do stage one at sea level um, because obviously um, Vegas is 2,500 you know, 2,500 feet. Uh, and Carrie spoke to Margo Alvarez and she said, yes, if I were you, even if it helps you five seconds, you know, I've lived in Vegas a long time and whenever I go anywhere else, I feel great. So we decided that was what we were going to do. Uh, and we put it together that Carrie, Bethany Shadburn and Danielle Brandon were all going to be able to do the workouts together. Now, obviously they weren't able to do them together together, right? They had to do them su uh, successively, but to be able to feed off of each other. Uh, so we went out there and obviously Carrie did extremely well um, and, and made it to the, to the second stage. Uh, but I think that, that Danielle and Bethany were just really impressed um, with the, the process that, that, you know, and the relationship that Carrie and I had. Uh, and so right after that was over, they were like, listen, we want to come out to Vegas. We want to help Carrie prepare for, for stage two. Uh, but we also want to talk to you a little bit about the possibility of working with you in the future. So long story short, they came out here. Obviously, Carrie did extremely well, stage two. Uh, and then we had some further conversations and they were like, listen, you know, we, we love what you're, what you do. We want to be around it. Um, we want to move to Vegas. And it was like, okay, that sounds awesome. Uh, and then it was kind of like, okay, they're coming. And then, you know, um, Matt Lugos, one of my athletes I've been coaching for a while, he, he set the, the world record on, on test three, um, of, of the quarterfinals, a uh, young kid, 23 years old, I think has kind of Brent Fikowski like talent. And I say Brent Fikowski because he's six foot four. Right. Um, so, you know, and then Nicholas Bidarte, that he won South America, he decided to come and, and then told him more And, and so, it's just been, you know, um, I think it, the buzz started and you know how that is when things start to happen and people start to hear things. And, and now we've got people, you know, from all over the world that are inquiring and interested and, um, you know, and then the idea of creating something like a fit hub essentially, uh, which is obviously the trend, you know, that's, that's going on now. We see it in Tennessee and, you know, we, we see it in Boston. Um, and, and why not Vegas? I mean, Vegas is people think Vegas, they think the strip, but when you come to Vegas, um, it's, it's really absolutely incredible for, for training. You've got Red Rock Canyon, you've got Mount Charleston. It's, it's beautiful year round. You can train outside. It's at elevation within 40 minutes. You can be at 8,000 feet for trail runs and, and mountain biking. And, um, you know, so it really does cost of living is great, right? So it lends itself, uh, to a year round high level training center. And then it also lends itself to elite athletes to be able to come and, and train, especially in this space, because I mean, you, you know, it's 
listen, it's, it's still a niche sport. It's, it's not paying like the NFL or the NBA. Right. And I mean, um, you know, so the athletes do have to be extremely conscious about that. Uh, and uh, I gotta tell you, it's, it's been awesome. And then it's kind of all happened, you know, in such a short period of time. And now with, uh, starting underdogs athletics, the, the online program, which I've been thinking about forever. And then, you know, just kind of finally decided, okay, you know, it's time. Um, and it, it's great, man. And now, uh, the next step will be a facility. Um, the next step will be a facility. And I've been, uh, in close talks with Tommy Hackenbrook and Zach Forrest. Uh, and I think the three of us are going to, going to partner up and, and put something special together here. So now it's just finding the facility and, and getting that straightened out. So we'll get back to the conversation in just a moment, but first a quick shout out to our episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is the daily all-in-one supplement with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, adaptogens, and more to help your body perform at the highest level. It mixes easily, tastes delicious, and is a personal favorite way for me to start the day. And yes, I am actually a repeat customer. Visit athleticgreens.com slash barbend today to check it out. Now back to the conversation. That was my next question because when you first came out there, you were working with the team at CrossFit Culmination and you were basically like, hey, I have this one incredibly elite athlete. Can we carve out some space and time for, for her to train and do what she needs to do to prep for the games? Now, suddenly, you got a lot more than one. And, and you know, it, it, it takes room to train athletes at, these, at this high level because every week different modalities. It's just, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. So as you're planning out this space, potentially with Zach and Tommy, who are two like OG names in the CrossFit, in the CrossFit space. I mean, you go back to like 2009, I think you're seeing, seeing those guys competing, maybe even before that. What are your thoughts on this space? Is this going to be a a gym uh, that is open to the public or is this going to be just dedicated to your high level athletes and to athletes maybe visiting Vegas for training blocks. Sure. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be open to the public without question. We do want to, we do want to open a community gym. Uh, but at the same time, um, we want it to be an elite training center for sure. Uh, so it's going to be, um, essentially home to our CrossFit affiliate. And it's also going to be home to underdogs athletics as well. Uh, and, and all, you know, we're really interested in bringing, um, athlete camps, uh, bringing seminars, um, you know, uh, being, being a a destination spot for drop-ins, that type of thing. So obviously it's, it's, it's going to be a special facility, but we've got to find the right space. And, you know, that's, that's the big thing right now, because we want to have a space that they can, you know, that has the, uh, the square footage to, to be able to handle that type of capacity, uh, and, and all of the specialty stuff that we want to do, you know, we'd love to be able to hold, uh, powerlifting comps and comp Tommy is really, really, um, you know, he, he's really interested in that. And, and, uh, you know, I think we want to do some things that, that really haven't been seen here before. Uh, and I, I feel like Vegas is an untapped market for that. Um, there's a lot of gyms, but I feel like w- what we can create can be really special. Um, you know, so that's, that's obviously the goal. Well, Vegas has long been known as a, a mecca of bodybuilding, right? Because you have so many high-level bodybuilding competitions that are that are centered out there, or long have been. Although a lot of that changed during COVID, there was a lot of movement. Uh, as things get back to normal, Vegas is kind of where a lot of high-level bodybuilders relocate. 
you know, there have been big powerlifting meets out there. There have been a lot of very large weightlifting meets out there. But in our minds, we don't necessarily associate it with with CrossFit just yet. So interesting to see that you're building that facility and that it can also cater to other strength sports. When you're thinking about outfitting a facility like this, you talked about, okay, you need to have a setup tour. You can have powerlifting meets, things like that. At the highest level of CrossFit, man, there's a lot of equipment and weird devices and, and rigs and all sorts of stuff you need. You know, what are some of the considerations that you've been thinking of? Because like, oh, you, it's not enough to have just the pull-up rig. You have to have the pegboard. You have to have places to do tire flips, things like that. What are some of like, take me through that process as far as like, do you have a checklist of equipment yeah. and outfitting it? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We, we, we're put, we have a list put together. And then of course, I mean, listen, it, I think one of the keys for us uh, and, and what we're looking to do is, is to partner with a, with an equipment company um, essentially almost be like a showroom out, out here in Vegas, um, which, which would be great, you know, which would obviously help us be able to outfit the, the facility. Um, and you know, like you said, it, when you're when you're talking about the games, right? I mean, we've seen all of these very interesting apparatus come out. You know, the worm and the pig and the this and the that. And you know, I, I think one of the goals, obviously, we're dealing right now. I should say, you know, we're dealing mostly with individual athletes. But but you know, you know me, I love teams too. So <laughs> in the long run, I think we'll. And that's a whole separate list of, of, uh, equipment. So there's a lot of stuff. So obviously the facility that we would be looking at is something that, that, that could handle that type of, of, uh, equipment list. Um, so it's definitely going to be on the bigger side. Um, and, and, uh, so it's something special. So, so we're really, we're being very diligent and we're being very picky, um, about what we want. Uh, you know, it's not just like, oh, that that's great. Let's just go there. No, it's it's going to be. I think you know we're deciding very very meticulously uh, where we want to go. Um, but you know, I, I think and and what I also think is really cool now is you've got the West Coast Classic just that just moved to to Vegas. Um, so you know now we're seeing that that super high level CrossFit competition come here and just being able to piggyback off that um, you know really we're we're looking for like the fall to be able to to open so uh, I I think there's a lot of great things going on and 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 it just kind of seems to just like I said it just seems to keep rolling so you know, I'm just kind of along for the ride it's great. Well, that'd be nice for athletes to have a, or feel like they have a home field advantage, which is very, very rare in this sport. Yes, you're right. Uh, we've discussed it, um, which is why the majority of our athletes are staying here. Um, really, the only athlete, um, well, I, Nicholas has to go home. Uh, his visa is running out, so he has to go home uh, to Argentina. Um, and unfortunately, that that um, semifinal is is virtual. Uh, because obviously, you know, what's going on with in Brazil is pretty, pretty scary with COVID right now. Um, and then, um, you know, I have a, I have another athlete, she'll be in the, um, she'll be in granite games, but for her, this, her goal this year was, was just to, to, to make quarters. So the fact that she's made semis is unbelievable. She's a converted, uh, weightlifter. And really, it's our first year doing competitive CrossFit. Emily Nussbaum's her name. She finished 78th in the world in quarters, so it's pretty awesome. There are um, a few of those who have done pretty well. We, yeah. can, we can go into detail on converted yeah. weightlifters. Um, but, but yeah, everybody else, we had a discussion. I said, listen, you know, there's really, 
there's nothing like waking up in your, in your own bed. Um, there's nothing like you guys are acclimated to the elevation. You're acclimated to the dry air. Um, you know, it's a situation where, uh, it is absolutely a home field advantage and we have to take it, you know, we have to take advantage of that. So, um, you know, that's a great point that you bring up and, and yes, that's definitely been addressed. <laughs> uh, you think of you think of a of everything. The nuance is very big with what you do. Let's talk about training programs for your athletes and what your elite athletes are actually doing. They're training together. They're living in close proximity. Pretty soon, they're going to have you know a home base facility, which is very exciting. Um, are all of your athletes doing similar programming? And what kind of level of individualization? Are they doing? Because I see on I see on social, you know, uh, you know, Bethany and, and Carrie and Danielle, they're they're working out together, right? So they're doing. There's some overlap clearly in their programming, but I'm curious how how much. Sure, uh, it, I th- I think the the biggest thing was uh, depending on where we were at in the season. Um, when they first got here, um, we did about three months, and that was you know right around the end of the year, right around the end of 2020, uh, the beginning of, um, of 2021, um, everyone, uh, was extremely individualized, um, you know, doing pretty different things and focusing a lot on weaknesses, a lot of weakness training. Um, and then as the season has ramped up, um, once we got through the open, things started to look a, a little bit more similar, um, you know, through quarters, uh, and now, you know, for semis and games, the, the programming becomes so different at the, at that level. Um, you know, you're starting to get, um, heavier weight, higher skill, uh, some of the odd object stuff. Um, so really, you know, that, that old saying like the hay, you know, you, you, the hay is in the barn, you know, you, you've, you've kind of, you know, we've done, we, we, we focus a lot on the weakness training and now it's really just getting better at the stuff that they're, that they know that they can do. So, you know, um, I, and I really feel like the key with what we've done here in Vegas is you can't recreate the intensity of the atmosphere of those athletes training together. Um, if they were doing individualized training by themselves, right. If they were off in the corner doing their own thing and then this person, um, so obviously there's still going to be some skill stuff that some of them have to do by themselves. Cause you know, listen, Carrie doesn't need to do 5 million handstand pushups, right? Like she's unbelievable at them where Matt Lugos, who's six foot four, that's always going to be something that he needs to do. Right. Like, so this is just an example, but, um, but having the ability to be able to kind of level up each day with each other, is it's immeasurable and uh that's the advantage of them being here and that's the advantage of living here training here um being together it's it's you just can't recreate that atmosphere so th- right now there's a lot more of that going on and and I'm a, I've become more of a stickler about it you know when I start to see like somebody doing their own conditioning or somebody doing the Metcon by themselves, generally there will be a talk after that. It'll be like, listen, there's a reason that you're here. And the reason is to be able to get pushed and get better with everyone else. And everybody else wants that. Um, you know, so let's take advantage of it. 
it's a very different situation doing a workout on your own clock versus someone else's time, you know? And it's like three, two, one, go. You are in a lane, right? In a gym, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes. People can't, can't see me do this, uh, but just hear the air quotes. You're in a lane, the person to the right of you, the person to the left of you, they're doing the same workout. And even though everyone has different strengths and even the elite athletes are at are different levels and, and progressions, it's a competition. Everyone wants to finish first, right? It's like in weightlifting. Hitting a PR in the gym kind of on your own time is a heck of a lot different than hitting it when the clock is running at a competition and you don't get to determine when you start. Yes. Yeah, it's that's vitally good, important. Ph- phenomenal point. And and I, I think, you know, when when you're at this level uh, where, where these athletes are, um, you know, it's really the small minutia that makes the biggest difference. Um, you know, and, and like we've talked about now, listen, there, there are absolutely, you know, uh, there, you, you see examples of people that can do it by themselves. I mean, you know, listen, Rich did it for a while by himself before he created the, the mayhem community. Um, Frazier was on his own for a little while, but then you saw what happened when, when Frazier and Tia got together, right? You, you see what happens where, when, when these high level athletes, uh, get together and start to be able to push each other. Um, you know, and but it is it does take a, a, an immense amount of mental fortitude because ultimately they are your competitor, right? Um, so there has to be an acceptance there, and there has to be um, there has to be a little bit, you know, letting go of the ego every day. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they want to win, which is great, which is why it's so special. Because every day, you, know, you don't want to see your buddy beat you; you you want to win. Um, and and so, you know, I think for for them. Every single day in the gym, you know, it, it, the fact that there's a competition there, it also will prepare them for being on the competition floor. Because when I say three, two, one, go, uh, it, it has that feel of a, of a semifinal or, or of the games, you know, and you're seeing performances that, I mean, you know, listen, I'll tell you the honest truth. Some days in the gym, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, when I wrote that workout, I did not expect anyone to go that fast, right? Like it's incredible to see to see the level of human performance on a daily level that, that these athletes are able to put out, man, it's, it's awesome. And I know, you know, you've been in this a long time and you see some incredible things. Um, but to be able to see that on a daily basis is pretty special. Let's actually move beyond and look past your roster of athletes, which is growing and may look a heck of a lot bigger and a heck of a lot different if we were to talk a few months from now or after the 2021 season. But who maybe outside of your training group and of your athletes uh, do you think is looking really, really strong heading into the 2021 game season? Well, listen, I, I think we all know Tia is, you know, she's Michael Jordan, right, of, of the games. She um, took time off and still won the CrossFit Open. Like, come on, it's not, it's it's not a just, normal thing. You know, what's scary to me is Tia used to not be a very good open athlete, right? Like, she wasn't very good. Um, and now she just wins everything. Uh, so, I mean, I think we're all realistic in the sense that, you know, Tia right now is on a level that no one in the sport has ever reached before. Um, you would, know, you I, argue, I, would, would you say she's at a level higher than Matt was? I was like, just about to say that. Yes, I do. I, I think that she's even, I think she's even better um, than Matt. Um, and that's, and that's not to say, I mean, listen, he's the best male of all time. You know, I think we, we can all say now that he, he, he passed rich with winning five and now at the level that CrossFit's at, you know, um, but I think Tia is the best of all time. 
Uh, and I, and, but here's the thing, anything can happen, right? You, you can, there, it's not likely in the sense that she'll make a mistake, but she could, you know, she could make a mistake in a competition. Um, God forbid, I don't want her to get hurt, you, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to finish to win. Right. And that's always a possibility. So you never know what's going to happen there. Uh, but all things being equal, you know, you'd have to have someone perform uh, at an absolutely extraordinary level, and you'd have to have Tia make mistakes for people to beat Tia. If we're being for being honest, but aside from that, man, it's wide open. You know, I mean, it's absolutely awesome. Um, I'm blown away by some of the young athletes. Uh, I've had my eye on Emma Carey for a long time as someone who I thought would be a successor um, to. Uh, to, I was thinking, you know, even like a successor to the great American CrossFitter, like Carrie, um, you know, and obviously Haley's in that mix too, but I, there's something about Emma that it wouldn't surprise me if Emma was kind of the next, you know, um, she's everything that I see, everything that I read, everything that, that I watch, she just seems to have it all put together at 17 years old, which is wild. Um, but there's a level of maturity there that, that is, you know, is really impressive. Um, you know, so she obviously is, is great. Um, and, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see, I mean, uh, Horvath had a phenomenal, uh, quarterfinal. I'm curious to see if she can get back to the form that, you know, a couple of years ago looked like she was going to threaten to you. Uh, so that, you know, on the female side, and then you have your, you know, and, and we're not talking about, obviously, when you said outside of my roster, because, um, you know, my, my women are savages and, and I expect huge things from them this year. And on the men's side, man, it has, I mean, it's really exciting this year. I'm, I'm super stoked about the fact that we're going to be able to see, you know, um, a, a new champion, you know, um, and, you know, I think you've probably got 10 to 15 guys legitimately, legitimately in the mix, uh, depending on their performance, but also depending on programming. Um, you know, with Matt, it really didn't matter what the programming was. You knew that he was, you know, there were very few things you'd be able to take advantage of that he had weaknesses in. And, and it seemed like if he did have a weakness the next year, he didn't have it anymore. Um, you know, but on, on, on the male side now, I think you, you, there are guys, there's nobody there who's flawless, which makes it kind of fun. Um, because, you know, at any moment, you know, the, the points could switch, right. Um, depending on what the, on what the event is. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. It's, it's definitely an interesting year. If you were, if you were a betting man, male, male podium, I'm not going to hold you to this, but just kind of throw out some, some guesses for the, just to kind of wrap things up as a fun exercise. Yeah. Uh, excluding my guys, excluding your guys, Ex- excluding, yes. you know what? No, no, uh, put your guys on there. Yeah. You, you can, you can include your, you can include your guys. I got to ask, cause you, you live in Las Vegas now. I got to ask for your bet. Like I got to ask oh, for like your picks here, you know? Yeah, I do. I love it. Um, ah, man. Okay. Uh, on the male side, um, I listen, I think all, all arrows point to Justin Medeiros. Uh, I, I think, Again, at, at, at a young age, a lot of maturity, um, you know, ex- extremely strong. And I think also willing to hurt, 
you know, uh, which, which is huge in this, you know, I think the evidence by the, by the trail run that we saw him, he gave Matt everything he could handle there. Um, and, and I also, I know his coach and Adam is, uh, Adam Neifer's awesome. He's a great dude. We've had um, him on the podcast as well. We only have yeah. the best elite CrossFit. Coach I, I know you podcast. do. I know you do. Um, but I love Adam and, and I think, you know, they're doing some phenomenal work there. Um, obviously Noah, um, I think Noah's, you know, Noah's got to be licking his chops a little bit, you know, uh, cause uh, you know, Noah, the last several years, it's kind of like a situation where you go in and, and in the back of your mind, you know, you know, Matt's there. Um, but I, but I think this is his opportunity. Uh, he's also now 30. So it's one of those situations where if it's going to happen, it's got to happen soon. Um, you know, and, and then I think beyond that, you know, Fikowski, Vellner, like, I. I don't know, you know, those guys, it's been a little while since they've been out in the upper echelon. Um, and so I'm curious to see if, if those guys can get back there. They're obviously extremely, extremely talented. Uh, BKG, obviously extremely talented. Um, you know, there's some new, some new young guys out of, out of Australia, uh, Crouch who won, um, the, the, the quarter. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to, to see, um, you know, but if so, I kind of hedged my bets there, right? I named like a million people, but, um, but I really, I do think you'd, you'd be a little bit crazy not to think that Justin and Noah um, will, will be in the mix. And then beyond that, I think you're going to, you're going to see it wide open. There's a, a huge, you know, a very, a very uh, large amount there that, you know, of other competitors that, that could sneak in. One thing that's always exciting about the men's side is you tend to see a little bit more of a podium shift year to year than on the women's side. Traditionally on the women's side, it kind of has been pretty consistent. There were a couple of years in a row where it was the same, the same podium, you know, um, for, for more than one year in a row on the men's side, you tend to see some people drop off the podium. Some people make, make big leaps. So it's always been a little bit more exciting on the men's side, as far as the unpredictability, at least over the past five or six years this year, without the big dog at the top, one might assume you're going to get more of that. Although, you know, you'd be a fool not to count out anyone who, you know, made the finals last year. Right. Absolutely. Well, Justin, where's the best place for people to follow, to follow along with you, what you're doing with underdogs athletics. uh, And as things develop in this new kind of Vegas hub, you're building, yeah. Uh, so they can find, uh, they can find me, uh, at Justin Kotler on Instagram, uh, and now at underdogs athletics. Uh, we're posting a lot of content there, uh, a lot of training content. Um, I just released, uh, my first, uh, competitor program. Uh, it is currently, we, we shut down registration where we're doing the first eight week cycle with the crew that signed up, which is great. So after semis, uh, I believe it's towards the end of July, we'll, we'll open it up again for registration. So that'll be great. Um, and, uh, and right now, uh, you know, if people come to visit, um, Vegas, we're still, we're still at CrossFit culmination, so they can come out and see us there if they want to come and hang with the crew a little bit. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, reach out to me if you want to, if you want to get to me on, on Instagram at, at either at Justin Kotler or at underdogs athletics. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what happens. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, you know, the whole evolution of, of what's been going on since we've been here. And I, and I appreciate your support. We, I love uh, writing the op-ed pieces for, for, for Bar Bend and uh, it's been really fun for me. Um, so I, I appreciate everything. <laughs>
Well, the feeling's mutual. Thanks so much for joining us on the conversation today. Excited for for you and what's to come um, for a busy back half of 2021. Thanks, David.